Welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet, the podcast that helps advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families understand the complexities of issues related to our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Our co-hosts, Arden O'Connor and Diana Clark, will interview a series of guests on a range of topics, providing informative content and practical tools for professionals and families to consider. Here are your hosts, Arden and Diana. Hi, and welcome to an episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. Today, I'm very excited to talk with Dr. Leslie Tate Gould, who is the executive director and founder of Lido Wellness Center. She was inspired to develop and start Lido Wellness after noticing significant gaps in residential programs throughout her experience and ways that perhaps we could provide as a culture, as a healthcare community, better outpatient services for those either coming out of residential care or potentially even in lieu of it. So I welcome you to talk to me a little bit about what your journey is, what got you here? Uh, Thank you so much, Diana. It's great to be here this morning. Um, so a little bit of what got me here as far as, you know, being a participant at Lido Wellness Center and a co-founder um, is really you nailed it in your introduction. Um, I had worked in residential settings for a number of years and really started to discover in my primary treatment of substance use disorders that there was a real gap for those that were struggling actually with a primary mental health uh, diagnosis and presentation. And so when we would really start to notice that gap was right around the time of about 45 to about 75 days into care, um, you know, those that were actually struggling more with a, you know, major depressive disorder um, and recurrent episodes, um, if they were struggling with PTSD or trauma-related diagnoses, um, there wasn't a really great model for how to treat those individuals when it was just such an emphasis on the substance use and then also the prevention of use. And so myself and a team of, you know, um, trusted professionals, colleagues, friends, um, I consider them practically family at this point. Um, we founded Lido Wellness Center in 2018, and we specialize here in Newport Beach, California on primary mental health diagnoses. Newport Beach must be nice, huh? Is it nice there today? It's, it you know, We've had some beautiful days. Uh, we had some rain in the last couple of weeks around the holidays. And so it's it's kind of like nice. It's a brand new year. It's a fresh start. And we've had a lot of nice sunshine. So it's really nice out. Good. So what would you say if you were going to distill the work you guys do at Lido Wellness to address, I guess what I'm hearing is sort of the complexities of being a whole human. You know, we're not just one diagnosis or another diagnosis. What kinds of things do you really set out to do with your client base? So one thing that I would say really sets us apart from other outpatient centers is that we really emphasize kind of a a two-tiered integrative model of care. And so when I try to describe to fellow colleagues or people that I'm, you know, introducing um, this work to, it's really conceptualizing what's happening from the top down, 
So my formalized training and background was I was a cognitive behavioral therapist. I did all of my training as an early career psychologist with CBT, um, really as an emphasis and kind of the leading force of how I understood change to occur. And so we have a number of practitioners that really um, utilize that theoretical modality to allow people some freedom from the way that their thinking patterns can really impact and influence their sensing, their feeling, you know, how they're kind of moving through their day-to-day living. But then this second piece of it and why I consider us a real integrative model is because we do specialize in trauma and stressor-related disorders, we also know that there are great limitations in addressing trauma from a traditional CBT framework. And so if you're familiar with The Body Keeps the Score, um, Peter Levine, um, and, you know, any Pat Ogden, any of these, you know, more integrative um, trauma, you know, healing professionals, we really have to start to emphasize as you're, I love how you put it, you know, that we're a whole body person. So we're not just walking around as kind of a creature of our thoughts and thank goodness, right? Because sometimes if you're struggling with an anxiety disturbance, your thoughts can be quite untenable at times. And so instead, we're really focusing in a number of our practitioners, including myself as a somatic experiencing practitioner, we're really looking to and learning from what wisdom our body holds, how we can really listen to the wisdom of our body, how we can slow things down, how we can really pay attention to what is happening in our internal experience as a form of directing some of our our healing. That's great. That's great. So switching subjects completely. So get ready. This was not a gentle segue. When we think of our culture and our culture of success and power, the notion that either or both of those things is necessary for happiness, I wonder if that isn't creating something toxic. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, It's interesting because I think success is defined in so many terms and it really is in the eye of the beholder. You know, I've known um, just through travels and just through some of my lived experiences that I have felt greatly successful when I've just reached a challenge and have overcome, you know, a struggle and have had an experience of triumph. Um, So I guess, you know, in line with what you're exploring with me today, though, is you know, how how have we started to kind of embed upon and require a sense of a departure from deeply knowing ourselves and knowing one another in order to like strive for success? And in that way, you know, what I'm kind of leaning toward is it's like success at any measure, right? Success at I'm going to, you know, take over, um, you know, this company and organization, and I'm not going to, you know, care a lot about, you know, who might be um, residing within that historical framework, or I'm going to, you know, try to do all things all the time um, for every person. And the reality is, is as human beings, we are magnificent in our capacity, but we also do require times to, to quietly reflect, to turn inward, to slow down. Um, And sometimes the culture that is requiring such a departure from that as a strength, um, in my opinion, has such an emphasis on, you know, going, going, going to the, the risk of burning out. And then everybody loses. 
you know, you lose if you're, say, I'm coming from that framework of being a, a business owner, a psychotherapist, but also a working mother. And if I'm going too far into a grind in my practice and in what I do to bring healing and health to others, but if it's off balance with how I'm listening to myself and my family, then I lose and my family loses. Um, where maybe then my patients will win, but for how long? you know, if some of those other really important areas in my life are, are struggling. So I guess I just want to roll back just a second. When I think of sort of this hustle culture, do more, do more, do more. Um, I'm seeing that in the advent of COVID, frankly, with people working at home and the boundaries between a work day never seem to exist. How do you work with a person to have them really slow down enough in that kind of culture to figure out what is their definition of success? Because I would see that would be the first critical step if we're on this you know, race that is constant. If I don't keep up, if I don't keep up, if I don't keep up, I'm a loser. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if we're to bring the pandemic into, you know, great awareness, because you're right, it's, in my opinion, it's kind of had a mask in which it said, oh, well, you know, we can have this accessibility of working from home, and that's going to create such a shift and, and a better balance. But as a person who has very young children, who attempts to, you know, work from home and strike a balance, um, I, I praise working mamas and papas all over this um, nation who are trying to kind of find a rhythm in that because what I really found is that something has to give, right? Something has to start to shift in being able to have kind of a, a singular focus in one area and really carving out, okay, what does this mean then for my workday? Does it mean more flexibility in how I spend my time so that I'm also able to attend to the needs of my children if they're having to do remote learning? Um, I think what the pandemic has also taught a lot of people, but I'll speak just for myself, is how when we're struck with illness or the impact of illness around us, it requires us to be still. Um, I just went through um, the Omicron myself over the New Year's weekend and, you know, and I had all these plans, I had all these visions of how I was going to kind of spend the remaining days of 2021 and ring in the 2022. I'd put out some intention of wanting to write and do more research. And then I was struck sick and everything had to shift. Everything had to stop. And it was funny because I had, I had envisioned, oh, I want all of this quiet time to read and to write and to just be in reflection. And my husband, in effort of just giving me some space so I could heal and you know not be contagious in the home, he left and took our children to a family member's. And he said, wow, who would have thought that it would have required you to get COVID to have your wish come true, even though it's not how you would have defined the terms. And why I bring that up is sometimes it's in the reflection of, wow, like we have to be able to embrace that we cannot be everything at every moment. 
And there's actually such treasures that we can take within those moments of having to just be buckled down and be in, in, you know, kind of really at the mercy of something that has to run its course, that is requiring our attention, that's requiring our dedication to our healing and slowing down. Like I would have done no good to myself nor my family or patients if I would have just tried to keep grinding, even though every arrow was indicating that I needed this time to be still and to rest. So it's it's really kind of, it's inviting this necessary pivot and pause to especially I would say for for really like any working parent that when we're at home, it's okay to be at home. It's okay to be kind of hunkered down and focused in on what matters. It's okay to stop over scheduling the 900 different appointments and engagements that you had made all of these promises to yourself and children that you were going to attend to in a given week, right? Like we need a breathing you know, room, we need kind of a, a reboot to also see that, wow, like things can go on without us. Like it's okay. And that people will figure it out and they'll rise to the occasion. Um, I've had a number of experiences in 2021 that have really brought that to my great awareness that it's okay to slow down. And in fact, I've actually reaped a greater benefit from doing so. What are the effects on the body, the psyche, and relationships when we continue without pause? What are you noting? I mean, I notice a complete disembodiment from what actually might be happening and a desire then to kind of treat a symptom really quickly when maybe it actually demands and requires far more careful attending. I'll give you an example. You know, I've been working now with a spiritual coach for many months, and we've gone on some deep dives into how, like, my system tends to run kind of in some chronic kind of um, like high functioning anxiety, if you will. Like, I'm a doer, I'm a shaker, I'm a mover. And so I'm no stranger to kind of this premise of what you're describing with me, Diana. And it's really been fascinating and valuable in my work with this coach and in this spiritual journey and practice to look at the ways that by ignoring some of the feedback, ignoring some of the signals, like if I'm in a relationship and it's not tenable and it's not serving me, what is it reminding me of? Where have I been in a relationship like this before in my life? And how can I slow down and really use this feedback, use these pulses, use these tightenings, use this you know incredible wisdom from my body that is saying hey this person isn't kind to you this person isn't you know great to have around why do you keep seeking out a relationship of this kind right like so there's so much wisdom that if we're just in this go 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 we miss it like we miss those signals and then we think oh well it's it's because i'm overworked so i need to you know fixate on something else or i need to jump into some other project because a lot of people, I would say, and, and I'm no stranger to this myself, like I'm a person too. It's not like a patient versus teacher kind of thing. Um, it's sometimes really, I use the word frightening. It can be frightening to discover how much we've overlooked. And when I say frightening, not in like a, 
a scary gripping kind of way, more in a way of once we see things that we've continually ignored or not seen, it's our job, it's our requirement in our life to do something different about it, right? And so I, I teach a lot to my patients, like once we kind of highlight something, once we hold something up and there's an awakening to it, we can no longer unsee it. Now, we have a variety of ways in which we can force the unseen, right? We can become addicted in a variety of ways. We can you know, make those choices to ignore things. But once we really are kind of rocked with kind of becoming more awake to something, becoming awake to a pattern that's no longer serving us, it actually then requires some effort to continue to unsee that, to continue to not become awakened to it. That's great. So when you think in this pandemic world with all of these domains we talked about, what is your current definition of success? How do we help people get there? Oh, gosh. The, the timing of this question is so impeccable because I feel like it's the path that I'm currently on right now in that for a long time, I have operated without knowing, of course, and this is where, like, again, my spiritual coach, kudos to him for being so remarkable. Um, I've operated in behaviors and systems that define success by actually doing things that I was essentially chosen and were created for me to do. So I'll put that in some different words. What I mean by that is growing up and the home that I grew up in, the dynamics that I grew up in, it made it just ever so natural for me to be in environments in which I just genuinely and with ease in some ways um, create kind of an emotional buffer for people. I mean, heck, I'm a, a psychotherapist, right? I can come into a, a group, I can come into a, a couple, I can come into a family system and be kind of like this referee, this mediator of really intense energies. So in some ways, like this profession chose me just based on some of the, the formative years, my early experience as a young person. But what it's also led for me is to define success and at times living beyond my own barriers, living beyond... Um, some of, again, that internal wisdom of saying, you know what, like you want something different. Like there's something more to this life than just grinding and working hard for the sake of working hard. Um, and it's funny because in my early career, I was working with children. And so I actually thought I was on this fast course track to become a registered play therapist. And as I'm reflecting on this today with you, I mean, it, it didn't dawn on me until the question was posed. There was something about that approach to work that was so mysterious to me, but also really captivating and being able to witness and kind of speak the language of play with others that I feel like now I'm finally creating far more room for in my own life, like creating room to just be restful and playful with my children and those around me, um, to carve out time to be adventurous, right? Like I got to take an amazing kind of life, you know, uh, earth shattering, changing uh, vacation to Turks and Caicos in the fall of 2021. And it was this, how I described it when I returned home, it was this beautiful balance of play and adventure. Um, I'm a scuba diver. And so I got to go scuba diving. I got to like kind of, you know, scratch that itch of doing something that's so beyond kind of a comfort zone. 
but then also got to support my whole system and my being with loving relaxation with a wonderful group of people around me. And so I find that success, how I would define it more and more today in the journey that I'm on, is finding those rhythms, those supportive bandwidth um, in enablers of play, of rejuvenation, of relaxing, of quiet reflection so that we can be in a creative process. You know, I what I love about this craft of psychotherapy is it's a bit of a nuanced dance. Like I don't go in anticipating nor believing that I know it all. I couldn't possibly. I'm, I'm being taught all the time of what people have been going through, what their life has been, you know, leading them through. And I'm on this journey to just be really curious and to have the energy of curiosity. You have to be able to play. Like you have to be able to laugh and to find humor sometimes and to lighten the load that people are carrying in their daily life. It, it just has to be there. So that's how I would, you know, again, as a novice, in this new discovery of success, that's where I would define it today. What a lovely definition. And thank you again for sharing this half an hour with us, Dr. Leslie Tate Gold. We have spent this half an hour talking about what I imagine to be ways we can sustain a full life as humans beyond diagnosis, looking at the ways we can take quiet, learn how to reflect, play, and when we need it, get help in doing all of those things. So thank you for sharing this half an hour with us on Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. We will talk to you soon. And if you enjoyed this half an hour, please like us on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast designed to help advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families solve some of their biggest medical, psychiatric, and emotional challenges. Visit beyondthebalancesheet.com to read more about our guests and resources and sign up for our newsletter.